Our scripture for today comes from the prophet Isaiah, and this is a wonderful verse, just one of those good verses to have memorized uh, for the lives that we face. I'm reading to you from Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. This is the word of God for all of us. Thanks be to God. I ask you please to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, thou our rock and our redeemer. Amen. To be human is to have fears. It is just part of the human condition that there are things that we're afraid of, that frighten us, that keep us up late or make us worry in the morning or maybe give us nightmares. I don't think of myself as a particularly fearful person, and yet. I remember the series of nightmares I had uh, the night before I was going to preach without notes for the first time. In my early years of ministry, I preached with a manuscript. I had my sermon entirely typed out, and I would practice a lot, so I knew it pretty well. But I always had a text which I stuck on the pulpit and preached from the pulpit until I was appointed to a church in Naperville that had a tradition, relatively new tradition. But in the summertime, in the month of July, we had a service in a community park, and there was no pulpit so we had to preach without notes. And my predecessor, Leanne Inman, who's a wonderful pastor, had started that service. I knew she was great. I had all this gunk in my head about how I wasn't as good as Leanne was. So already my brain was a mess. And then preaching without notes. I was so scared. So I had myself as prepared as I possibly could. I had an outline printed out that I could hold in my hand just in case. And then I went to bed early, did everything to get a really good night's sleep. And then I had gone to the church, except it didn't really look like our church. And I was preparing to preach, and I got to the pulpit, and my manuscript was not there. It was terrifying. I'm looking. Is it down here? Did it fall? I'm looking everywhere. Where is my manuscript? <gasps> and then I woke up realized, oh, oh, that was a nightmare. It's the middle of the night. I didn't go to a church and the, lectern, the manuscript wasn't at the, at the pulpit. Phew, went back to sleep. Then I was a guest preacher for some reason at a large church. It was a big, almost like a city block. And I was trying to get into the church, but every door I tried to get into was locked. So I tried this door and it was locked. Then I tried that door and it was locked. And I'm, I know I need to get into this church and I need to preach and I'm terrified and I'm going around and every door I tried to get into for my guest preaching is locked and I don't know what to do. And then I woke up. I'd had two nightmares in a row about preaching. Went back to sleep. Slept, wasn't really clear how long. Woke up, it was 11 a.m. I had overslept, I had completely missed the service. The thing I was worried about preaching without notes hadn't happened, I'd overslept. 
oh my gosh, how am I going to explain this to people? I'm terrified. I'm running. I, I see Nick, the youth director. I'm explaining to him that I'd overslept, and then I woke up. The night before I preached without notes for the first time, I had three preaching nightmares in a row. As you can imagine, after that, I did not go back to sleep that evening. I was done. And I got up and preached without notes, and the world didn't end. But I was terrified. And my, even though I didn't know I was that scared, my psyche knew. And I had nightmare after nightmare after nightmare about preaching mishaps. We carry fears in our minds, in our hearts, in our bodies. It's just part of the human condition. I read a cartoon that said, well, I got one thing I can say for 2018. I never was afraid of the same thing two days in a row. <laughs> exactly, kind of an easy humor of like, that's right. It just feels like there's a lot to be afraid of. Or maybe we don't use the term fear. Well, I'm not afraid, but we may worry or he may be stressed. Whatever term we use, there's usually things in our lives about which we feel some fear or some anxiety or some worry. And so we're now starting a sermon series called Unafraid. We're using some of the material from this book, Unafraid, Living with Courage and Hope in Uncertain Times by Adam Hamilton. And we'll be leading a study of it uh, starting tomorrow morning and Wednesday evening to really look at this experience of fear. All humans have it. It can be healthy. It can be crippling. How can we live with fear in our lives and live with courage and trust and deal with our fears in a reasonable way? These are the questions we'll be working with in the coming weeks. As we think about fear, we tend to think of fear as an emotional reaction. I certainly feel like the fear that I had that led to those nightmares was an emotional and mental reaction of fear. But when we have that mental and emotional reaction, there are also very distinct physiological reactions that accompany fear. When we feel afraid, it triggers a part of the brain, one of the oldest parts of the brain, known as the amygdala. And the amygdala, then when it gets triggered, triggers uh, adrenaline and a biochemical called cortisol, which is often called the stress hormone. And these hormones get triggered and they create physiological changes. These physiological changes uh, lead to what we often refer to as the fight or flight mechanism. Um, we find ourselves breathing more rapidly. We may be breathing more shallowly. Our muscles may tense up. Uh, with this fear reaction, we may start sweating. Our pupils may dilate. Um, there are all these different physiological things that happen when we feel afraid. And when I had those nightmares, one after another, every time I woke up, <gasps> my heart was racing, I was sweating, I was terrified. But my body knew the terror. When we think about these physiological reactions, they make sense through evolution. It makes sense that we have these reactions. Imagine our earliest human people living out in nature where there were very distinct physical predators that could come after us. 
when you might be swallowed by a bear or a tiger or some other kind of animal. To have that, to see it, to have a fear reaction gives you that energy and that strength to run away from the predator. It's really helpful having that physical reaction. When our predators were physical, being able to have the strength to fight it was helpful, or the energy to run away from it was helpful. These are useful physiological adaptations. The challenge is that so often for those of us who don't live in, uh, in deserted spaces, our fears and our reactions aren't physiologic, aren't physical threats. There was no physical threat to preaching without notes. It was an interior panic. There was nothing I needed to run away from. There was nothing physically I needed to fight. My stress reaction, my anxiety in my body, frankly, didn't serve me in any way at all, but you can't help it. It's what your body does. And some of our fears are useful. Fear isn't necessarily a bad thing. Some people argue fear keeps us alive. One could argue that everyone who is here is alive because of something that fear kept you from doing. Fear can be a good thing. It's good to be afraid of driving too quickly in traffic. It's good to be afraid of uh, driving too quickly on curvy roads. It's good to be afraid if you're right at the end of a precipice and have that fear of falling over. That's good fear. It, it keeps you back from the edge. The fear is very helpful to us. Um, it helps us not make mistakes. However, I bet everyone here has a story of something you do, did as a kid that was really stupid, but you sort of didn't know better yet, and then you had that experience and you never did it again. Mama has probably forgotten this, but when I was a little girl, my mom had turned on the iron and then waited for a while for the iron to heat up, and she went by and just very lightly tapped the iron to see whether it was hot or not. She'd done it for many years. She could do so safely. I was probably four. I played little copycat. I went up and I tapped the iron. <laughs> it really hurt. I burned myself. Mom came running. Janie, what happened? I tapped the iron. Mom felt horrible. Now, as you can imagine, I never tapped a hot iron again. In fact, you'll be glad to know that not only do I not tap hot irons, I basically don't use them. I just, why risk? <laughs> like, really, why take the risk? Just irons, hot, scary, don't use them. <laughs> but, you know, others of you here have your own stories of sticking something metal into uh, an electric outlet. Or, you know, many of us have survived really scary childhood things where we didn't know better. We didn't realize it could hurt us, and we did that thing. And then we became afraid of that, and we never did it again. That fear is our friend. But it's also true that as we have physiological reactions to fear that can help us or may just get us anxious, uh, if we are anxious and worried and full of kind of anxiety stress all the time, those chemicals can do damage in our body. When we are not running them off, we're, when we're not physically acting to get those chemicals dissipated in our bodies, they can build up and they can hurt our heart. They can damage us. Living in a time of constant awareness or vigilance 
isn't good for us. Our bodies weren't made to do that all the time. So we need to be attentive to how much we're living in a state of stress and to make sure that we're exercising or doing other practices that help release that physiological reaction. It's also true that there are physiological reactions we have that are based in old fears or past experiences. There are things that have happened in our past that were frightening, and it's wild how our body remembers. Our bodies remember things that happened to us in the past, and we can have this reaction that feels like it's out of the blue, but it comes up because our bodies remember. When I was 21 years old, my friend Beth and I had a wonderful time backpacking, traveling in Europe. And toward the end of the trip, we were in Spain. We had this wonderful time. We spent three days in Barcelona, and on our second night there, we went out for paella. Spaniards eat late. We were walking through a very large kind of public square full of people. And just all of a sudden, I had this moment of, there were two guys that had been walking behind Beth and me, and then just I had this moment of thinking, they're too close. And then the next thing I knew, they'd grab, the one behind Beth had grabbed her purse and kept running. The one behind me had seen my purse with the shoulder strap, but didn't realize that it had hand straps and that my arm was through it. So the one behind me had grabbed the shoulder strap, pushed me down, tried to run away from the purse, but he couldn't get it because my hand was through the hand straps. But I landed on my knee and injured it, but I still had my purse, and suddenly it was over. We were both so stunned. Neither of us had been severely injured. Beth was sad to lose the contents of her purse, but it wasn't anything life-threatening. We both realized it could have been much worse. But my body remembers that experience. And all these years later, if someone comes up behind me suddenly, I startle, I might yell, I might slug you. <laughs> So I'm just letting you all know that now that you know this vulnerability, if any of you think it'd be fun to test it out, please don't. It will not be fun for me, and it might not be not fun for you. <laughs> so my body knows. It remembers. It was afraid. It remembered that experience of someone coming up behind me, and it knows that. It's afraid. What do we do as human beings who have fear that can be good for us, but can also be crippling? Just as we can speak of the positive side of fear, we also may know the experience of the things that fear keeps us from doing. Times that our fear is unreasonable. Times that our fear is from past events that aren't likely to repeat themselves. We need strategies and we need faith which with, with which to conquer these challenges. During these coming weeks, we'll be uh, dealing with specific kinds of fears and talking more deeply about, about how we can address them but obviously, our deepest resource for this is our Christian faith, the faith that reminds us that we have a loving God who cares for us, who will never leave us alone, and who will equip us for the situations we face. I want to share with you just uh, briefly today, and we'll come back to this in future weeks, some resources around this, and I'm going to ask for the slide to come up on the screen. Adam Hamilton developed a kind of four-step 
model for how to address our fears based on F-E-A-R. And when you leave today, we've got these cards made up for you. It has the Isaiah quote on the one side, and the back side has the recommendations for dealing with fear. And we invite you to take it with you and keep it with you, and we'll be coming back to it in the coming weeks. First, face your fears with faith. The first thing we can do is to start from a place of faith. Okay, God, I'm afraid, but I trust you are with me. I trust you are guiding me. Show me, God, how to deal with my fear. Which leads to our next E. Examine your assumptions in the light of facts. Some fears are rational. Fear of falling off a cliff when you're at the precipice is rational. Fear of falling off a cliff when there's no cliff nearby does not serve you. Fear of bears makes sense in some of our national parks. Fear of bears from my parsonage in Plum Orchard Lane doesn't make sense. We can create fears in our own minds that aren't rational, that aren't based in the facts of our present day experience. And so we need E, examine your assumptions in the light of facts, which leads to, thank you, which leads to A, attack your anxieties with action. If it is a valid threat, the action you may need to take is to remove yourself from that situation, to slow down the car, to back away from the precipice, to avoid this dangerous situation. That may be the action. If your anxiety is something you know you just need to get over, like my fear of preaching without notes, you attack that anxiety by trying to do the thing that scares you. Um, that's why that discernment process is so important in sorting out how, what kind of action you might take to attack those anxieties. And R, release your cares to God. Worrying does not serve us. Um, thinking something through is useful, but fussing over it, worrying it over, doesn't move us ahead. It makes us anxious. It brings up all that stress reaction without equipping us in any fruitful way. And so to go through this process, ending with release your cares to God. Okay, God, I have started with faith. I've examined my assumptions. I've made a decision about how to address this. Now I'm going to let it go. I'm going to release my cares to God. That's a very useful four-step process. And I said we, we will come back to this. So brothers and sisters, we're not going to get away, of fear, away from fear. In fact, that wouldn't even be a good idea but I hope that through this series, we'll have an opportunity to really reflect upon our faith and the way that God is present in all the situations of our lives. This passage from Isaiah comes from a very scary time in the history of the Hebrew people, of the Jewish people. They had lived for many years in Jerusalem where they built a temple, but the Babylonian armies had come and had destroyed that temple, and the elites of the Jewish community had been taken back with Nebuchadnezzar back to Babylonia. And so they were away from home. They were in exile. They missed their home. They were frightened. They wondered if they'd ever be able to go back home. And in the midst of that time of exile and suffering, God sent the prophet Isaiah. And the prophet of Isaiah gave these words of hope. And that's how I want to close for today. Don't fear, because I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will surely help you. I will hold you with my, with my righteous, strong hand. May we live in that trust and hope. Amen.